Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. Hi, citizens, what's up? How's it going? How you guys doing? Good? All right, yeah, sure. Clap, let's clap. Yeah. It's like kind of like, were we going to clap? Were we not going to clap? I was just like, you know, let's just, let's just go for it. Man, I'm really thankful that we have uh, a worship team, uh, a group of leaders who are just leading us through musical worship. It's really, really exciting to be here every single week to open up God's word, to join in on this community. And I'm really thankful that you guys have let me join in on this community as uh, well. So, yeah, uh, we have a conference coming up in like two and a half weeks. I'm very, very excited for it. Um, we don't just do events to do events. Like, we don't just come here on Wednesday night to, like, say we did something on a Wednesday night and that was it, right? And I wouldn't put so much work, Courtney wouldn't put in so much work, Stacy, all of us, we wouldn't put in so much work into something that's coming up in two and a half weeks just because we wanted to do something. I really mean it when I say I think God's going to do something incredible at this conference. It's the first time we've ever done something like this. Uh, I guess it's like now the second time. It's the first time I've ever been a part of something like this here. And I really believe God's going to do something incredible. And so I'd encourage you to come, sign up. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Believe 2021 conference. Shameless plug. All right, so open up your Bibles. We're going to be in Psalm 46 for week two of a series that we're calling Refuge. Psalm 46, go ahead and flip there right now. As you flip there, we're going to be in verses 4 through 7 tonight. 4 through 7. As you're flipping there, us as Christian, Christians, if you are following Jesus Christ, if you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we live in between two realities. That was a very like Dr. Strange-esque thing to say. Just like stay with me. We live between two realities. We have a current reality with life with God. God loves us, God is near to us, and we have a future with him in heaven. But we also live within the reality of waking up every single morning on a planet that is broken and doomed for failure. And we as believers are kind of caught in the in-between in a weird way, right? We have a future in heaven, we have God who loves us right now, but we're also living in a planet and in a society and in a nation that is just simply broken, and doomed for failure. We live in between two realities. See, we're supposed to be living here on earth. God has given us the earth. God has blessed the earth. He's allowed us to live there. We're supposed to be here, but our hearts and our minds should be pointed upwards towards heaven. When our hearts and our minds are pointed upwards towards heaven, then we experience joy and peace in knowing that we have a refuge when the world around us is raging. We're going to be looking in these specific passages tonight at two kingdoms, two kingdoms, two realities. One of them is our kingdom, societies, countries, things that mankind builds, and one of them is God's kingdom. And we're going to see very quickly that the two things are very, very different. So let's pray again before we dive into scripture. God, thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I just pray for every single person in this room right now. Uh, Whether they know you or not, God, would you just speak in this moment through your word? And would your uh, word be like a fire right now? Would your word be like a hammer that breaks the stone? Uh, God, we're so thankful for this opportunity to be here together. God, we love you. It's all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so verse number four here. 
Verse number four, I keep pointing it at the screen, but I, like, I have to point it there. It's whatever. Verse four says, there is a river whose streams is made glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So we're gonna be talking about these first couple of verses here. The reality of God's kingdom, the reality of the kingdom that God has set up. And we're gonna be talking point one, that God's kingdom is perfect. Looking at verse four, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. So in God's city, it's a holy habitation of the most high, which is God. I think this is incredible. All right, let's talk about that word holiness real quick. Holy, a holy habitation of the most high. Holiness means to be set apart, right? Holiness means to be entirely different, to be entirely separated from anything else. And it's a name, it's an attribute of God that I believe is the most, um, like if you had to describe God in one word, it would be holy. It would be holiness. It's cool looking uh, in uh, the Old Testament. We see a glimpse uh, into the throne room by one of the prophets, Isaiah. He gets a glimpse into God's throne room and the angels are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Three holies in a row. Now we hear that and it's like, okay, you sound like a broken record. You're just saying it over and over again. But it's actually something really, really cool that happens in scripture when um, there is a special emphasis on words that are repeated more than once in scripture. So like if you're walking down the road and you fall into a pit, it's like, oh man, that was a tough day. You fell into a pit. That's bad. Don't do that. Try not to do that. But if we were speaking like, the writers of the Old Testament, if we said, man, I fell into a pit pit, that's like, whoa, you fell into a pit pit? Did you get out okay? That's, that's really bad. That like is special, a special emphasis on the word. Again, we don't talk like this. But if you repeated something three times, man, I fell into a pit pit pit. It's like, how did you get out? How did you survive? How did you live? How did you get out of a pit pit pit? And so the angels in heaven are saying, God, you are holy, holy holy. That's who God is. And that's where his habitation is. The holy habitation of the most high. This section of the Psalm specifically addresses the reality of our perfect King Jesus dwelling in his perfect city. And I believe that this passage specifically is addressing the reality of God's kingdom uh, to come, the kingdom that is going to be established in the future where God is going to reign uh, forever and ever and ever. And so it's a really uh, interesting idea. I want us to do something here real quick. I want you to just for a second pretend to put on a hat. All right, everyone's gonna do it. We're gonna put on our theology hats right now. Okay, I see them, great theology hats all around the room. We're gonna be talking about the theology of God's kingdom. It's something really cool. And uh, when we have our theology uh, hats on, it may sound like we're just ranting and talking about stuff, but it's really important to understand for the entirety of the message. Okay, so we're talking about God's kingdom. This idea of God ruling over his city and God being uh, present in his city is not just something that we look forward to, like one day in heaven. It is something that has happened in the past. It's something that happens now. And of course, it's something that's gonna happen in the future. Theology hat, theology hat. Let's see him. Come on, we got it. All right, the kingdom of God, it's something that happened in the past. It's something that we can experience now. And it's something that's going to be established completely 
in the future. So in scripture, again, in the Old Testament, we see uh, specifically the city of Jerusalem as God's chosen city, right? God has chosen his people, the Israelites, uh, to be the people that he blesses so they can go out and bless other people. And he has chosen to rule them uh, from Jerusalem specifically. It's where God's presence won. Uh, it's God, where God's presence was. It's where God's spirit dwelled. Uh, it's also interchangeable with the word Zion. Uh, so Zion, the place uh, on the hill, God's hill, God's holy city, Zion and Jerusalem, uh, they're often interchanged uh, in the Old Testament. And again, the goal of this, God was going to dwell with his people so they could go out and bless other people. Whether or not they listened to God, that's a different story, but that was God's plan. God wanted to make his habitation. God wanted to live amongst his people. And even before uh, we had Jerusalem, God uh, was always living with his people. We see that in the Old Testament, uh, like from the very beginning, Garden of Eden, God is walking with Adam and Eve. He wanted to make his dwelling amongst his people. And then we see uh, the Lord appear in the, a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke, and he's moving along with the Israelites through a tent. God is dwelling with his people. He's physically there. It's really interesting. We see all throughout scripture, uh, specifically in the Psalms. Psalm 20 says, may the Lord send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. I cry aloud to the Lord, Psalm 3 says, and he answers me from his holy hill. That is Mount Zion. So Zion, it's this place. It's this special presence amongst God and his people. It's where people could go to be blessed by the Lord and get special help and deliverance. So we have this idea that God at one point physically dwelled here on the earth. Now, today, God's kingdom is different, right? God's kingdom is a different thing. Theology hat, we've had it on. Um, we see, and we saw after uh, the Old Testament, we see this incredible thing happen where Jesus Christ, God's son, comes down to earth in the flesh and he makes his dwelling amongst men. And he comes to usher in the kingdom of God. That's what he says over and over again in scripture. He says it specifically uh, in, in the gospels. He says he's come to bring and usher in the kingdom of God. And people who are looking forward to the Messiah were looking for a political leader, right? They're looking for a military leader. They're looking some, for someone who's gonna overthrow the Romans who were just like all in on the Israelites' territory and stuff. And so they were looking for someone who would bring in the kingdom of God and physically establish it. But God brought something so much better, something they couldn't see, and something sometimes I think we can forget to see. See, now today we have an opportunity to take part in the kingdom of God because of what Jesus did for us. But God's kingdom doesn't look uh, right now like a place with walls. doesn't look like a place with a castle. doesn't look like a place with guards guarding the castle. Though I am convinced that there's some people in this room who like are convinced that Washugal is like heaven on earth, right? And like God's kingdom, it's not just me, right? Yeah, no, I'm serious, right? It's like God has never created a more perfect place than Washugal, Washington. I've talked to people like this week. Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? And they're just like, man, it's such a great place to live. Like, it's such a great place to live. You have no idea. It's like such a great place to live. I'm like, man, these people really like it here. It's a little weird, right? I guess it's because I came from Illinois where everyone was like, we hate it here. It sucks. And like here, everyone's like, it's great. People are convinced like God's heaven is like just a couple miles west of here in Washugal. East of here. Oh, stupid, dumb. Okay, theology hat, let's go. But anyway, God's kingdom isn't physically here on earth, but we have the opportunity to partake in the kingdom of God. If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then the spirit of the living God dwells with you. 
If you know Jesus, then God's spirit dwells with you. Jesus' spirit isn't exclusively, God's spirit isn't exclusively on a mountaintop. It's not exclusively in a tent. It's not exclusively behind a veil anymore. God's spirit, if you're a believer, lives and dwells inside of you. And the kingdom of God today speaks to God's authority and his rule over all the earth right now. Though things aren't as they should be, God is still in control and we still have the opportunity to join him in his goal to redeem all things and reconcile all things to himself. It's very, very cool. And continuing on, all right, so we see what God's kingdom looked like, what he, where he dwelt among people. We see now how we, have, uh, we can take part in God's kingdom in a spiritual sense. And finally, we have the hope to know that God is going to establish a kingdom and a throne that is going to last forever. And it's gonna be here when God makes all things new. And God's kingdom is perfect. So what does that city look like? Well, it's right here in verse four. Verse four, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. We get a beautiful, just beautiful glimpse into God's kingdom, the future reality for us. There's a beautiful uh, river flowing through the city of God and I just love the imagery here because what we talked about last week, we talked about a different type of water, right? We talked about seas raging and just overtaking mountains and just going just chaotic and destroying things. And this week we see a nice calm stream of water. It's a direct contrast on purpose. Why? Because God's in the midst, midst of the one that brings peace, right? God's in the midst of the one that is making the city of God glad, Rivers are life. Rivers are peace, right? A tree planted by streams of water. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He places me by still waters. It's a beautiful, beautiful image here. So here we are. Here we are today. This is the reality that God's kingdom is coming. And the good news is for you and me is that he wants to dwell amongst us now, but he has also prepared a place for us in the future. Through his son, Jesus Christ, he made it possible for us to dwell in this city one day. Though it's not here yet. Though it's not established here and it's not here yet. God's kingdom is coming and it's perfect. It's all good. All right, there we go. <laughs> so that's the reality of the things that we have to look forward in the future. And that's not the way things are right now. Continuing on in verse 6. So we see this perfect kingdom. And then in verse six, it says, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us and the God of Jacob is our fortress. So we see what we're gonna have in the future, but that's not the way things are right now because the nations, this, is, this means right now, the nations are raging, the kingdoms are tottering. Our kingdom is broken. That's our second point. Our kingdom is broken. And this is our present reality. This is our present reality. Those words there, rage and totter, I think this is like super cool. Uh, those words in Hebrew, they actually directly mirror and they directly echo verse three. It says, though the waters roar and foam. A couple of verses up, look at it, verse three. Though the waters roar and foam, it's directly mirroring this verse here. The nations rage and the kingdoms totter. 
God's showing us and we're seeing that the, na- that the, the kingdom, our kingdom, where we live right now is broken. It's broken. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. Our political systems, our societies, our countries, the things that we've built in order to try and keep each other safe, to try and keep us safe, they are prone to uh, roaring and foaming just like the seas are. And man, have we seen some shaky seas this year, right? I don't need to do much convincing right now. Like sometimes you have to be like, no, no, this is really true, trust me. And people are like, I'll think about it. I don't really have to convince you guys that our kingdom is broken, right? Our world is broken. Things aren't really as they should be right now. The nations are raging and the kingdoms are tottering. The text here is directly targeting the human systems of government and society, the things that we think can keep us safe. We saw this year um, more than ever, I think, just clearly how divided specifically to us here, uh, how divided we are in this country, this tribalism, this me versus them, this my way or the highway, it's just kind of invaded our culture and it's caused us to really watch this incredible tear between one side of the aisle and the other side. And the problem isn't, you can point at policies, you can point at whatever, we're not getting into that right now. The reality is, God tells us this. God shows us that the nations are raging and the kingdoms are tottering. I don't need to do much convincing here, right? We've seen that more than ever. Things that are just absolutely, we thought couldn't happen have happened. Things that just really make us frustrated have happened. Things that we are watching on our phones or on the news that we thought, man, this could have happened, I thought maybe 50 years ago, but now it's happening today. It's just absolutely insane. The nations are raging, the kingdoms are tottering. This is what we're experiencing today. Me versus them, us versus them, my way or the highway. This political turmoil, it's happening right now in our country. And it's happening right now, possibly amongst people you know. Maybe you're a part of one group that looks at another group and you try and rally behind one group and think, man, this is what I think and this is, this is my way or the highway. So we're experiencing that a lot this year. And so maybe we think, man, that's kind of depressing, right? That's our current reality. We wake up in a kingdom that's raging. We wake up every day in a nation that's tottering. That's kind of depressing. Where's our hope? Where's the reality? The hope is in the next couple of verses, right here, starting in verse six. It says, even though there's political turmoil, even though nations are raging, even though there's gonna be things that we can't control, even though the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. See, this is our third and final point. Even though we've seen a city that is to come, that is perfect. And we see a nation right now, and we see nations right now that are falling apart, that are crumbling. It doesn't matter. We see both of them. God is in control of both of them. God is in control over both of them. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So maybe you read this passage right now, this specific verse right here, and you said, okay, He utters his voice, God utters his voice, the earth melts. I would like for the earth to stay at the same solidity that it's been 
for my whole life. I really would like the earth not to melt because if the earth melts, then like there's no more Chick-fil-A and there's no more Washougal, Washington. And like if the earth melts, then there's nothing. So maybe we read this and think, wait a minute. Okay, like I get it, things are bad, but then God can speak and the earth just like is gonna melt. So we have to think back to God's character when we read passages like this, right? We have to think of who God is, who we know God to be. God's character is not an angry, vindictive, or chaotic God. We know God and we believe God to be, uh, his character to be loving. We believe his character to be kind and just and good. So when uh, this verse right here speaks to the reality uh, that when he speaks and the earth melts, what this passage is saying, it's speaking to God's authority over all things. No matter what evil would befall, no matter what chaos is happening, the Lord can step in at every, any second and speak the word and it melts. God's in control of everything. God's in control over his perfect city and God's in control over the cities and kingdoms of this world that are not perfect. He speaks the word and the earth melts. There's another passage in the uh, scriptures that say, uh, the hearts of kings are like a stream of water in God's hands. God's in control, friends. God's in control. So, Verse seven, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is in control. That's what we've said. God's in control over both. But maybe there's something in your life right now, right? That is bothering you. Maybe it's something you've seen on the news. Maybe it's something that's happening right now in your own heart. And you're thinking, man, if God really saw this, I think he would be a bit more concerned. Man, if God actually saw what I'm seeing, I'm confused. Why isn't God stepping in? Verse seven, the Lord of hosts is with us. I'd encourage you right now, if you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with something, feeling like deeply something isn't the way it should be and that's just something that is burdening your heart, maybe I would just maybe highlight verse seven. Keep verse seven somewhere close to you this week. When those thoughts swell up, when those things start to happen, maybe just recite verse seven, the Lord of hosts is with us or me. The Lord of hosts is with me. The God of Jacob is my fortress. God cares. God loves you. We've talked about that. That's what the whole uh, idea of our series is, right? That we can take refuge and we can take refuge in knowing that God is near and that God is present and God is close. It's a, a statement that is a conviction, right? It's a convicting statement that is in uh, each, at the end of each uh, section that we're going through here in this chapter specifically. Verses seven and 11 are actually the same, but the confession statement is also in the passage that we saw last week. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So we saw two kingdoms today, right? We saw God's perfect kingdom. It's coming, it's here in our hearts, but it's not fully established yet. And theology hat, we thought about it. It's, it can be difficult. We saw our perfect kingdoms. We don't need a ton of examples. I'm sure we could think of 10 or 20 dozen examples just of this year alone of how unperfect our kingdoms are here, our systems are here on earth. So we've seen two cities. And my final and closing application for you is which kingdom are you focusing on? I want you to think about this this week. Which kingdom are you focusing on? Because there's two of them. 
We have the holy city that is to come, that is blessed, that is eternally present with, or that is eternal with the ever present, ever accessible, loving and living God that we have a chance to be a part of one day. Or we have the raging and ever tottering cities and kingdoms and nations of this earth. Which one are you thinking about more often? Which one do you think about more often? One kingdom contains eternal security, blessing, and comfort, and the other one is doomed to crash and fail. Which one are you thinking about more often? And maybe you're listening to my voice right now and you're thinking, well, obviously, like God's kingdom, right? Well, obviously, I would want to dwell in God's kingdom. If one of them is crashing and burning and the other one's going to stay forever and the other one is perfect, of course, I want to think about God's kingdom, right? I don't dwell on God's kingdom enough. I don't. Which one are you focusing on? Because I don't focus on God's kingdom enough. I don't, but I want to. But I just get so caught up sometimes, you know? The things of this world, the things that are right in front of my eyes, I just get so focused on them. I'm like, wait, this is so bad, this is so crazy. Which kingdom are you focusing on? Which one? I wanted to read a passage for you. You don't have to flip there. It's not gonna be on the screen. I just want you to listen here. I think this passage completely uh, connects to what we've talked about. It completely draws this idea of two worlds, two kingdoms, and which one we should focus on. It's Colossians 3, starting in verse one. Colossians 3 is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. And starting in verse one, it says, if then you have been raised with Christ. So if you're a Christian, if you claim Jesus as your own, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. This is good news, friends. That's great news. But it's also a challenge. If, if you claim to know Jesus, if you know Jesus, if you love Jesus, man, your thoughts, your heart, it needs to be focusing on God. It needs to be focusing on his kingdom that is coming. I'd encourage you right now in this moment to focus on God's kingdom. Refocus your sights on something that you can't even see yet. It's such a crazy idea, right? Refocus your thoughts and your vision on something that you can't even see yet, but it's coming and that's what we have hope in, right? The reality of heaven outshines any sort of pain that we have here on earth, I think. You know, when you're really looking forward to something, like something's happening in like two weeks, like a conference or something like that, or like if something's happening uh, in like two weeks, like maybe you're almost at the end of the school year and you're like, man, I don't care what happens in the last couple weeks, I just cannot wait to get to spring or, or to summer break. I get to hang out with my friends. I get to do nothing all day. It's gonna be awesome, right? And it almost makes what happens in the next two weeks, like, I don't care. Like the worst thing in the world could happen, but at least I have summer coming up, right? Right? Do you guys feel that way? I felt that way when, uh, whenever a Marvel movie came out, right? Like in high school, I was like, man, I do not care what happens the second week of May. 
doesn't matter what happens. All that matters is what happens on Friday because I get to go see the Avengers in IMAX in Charlottesville, which is an hour and a half away from my house. This is a true story, by the way. I would drive an hour and a half to go see the Avengers in IMAX. Doesn't matter why, but I just really wanted to. But it almost makes what happens when we're really looking forward to something, it makes what happens in the meantime kind of bearable, right? Like we can get through this. And more than any movie or any exciting thing that comes up in our life, we as believers have hope in the future of what's to come in God's kingdom. So are we dwelling on it? Are you thinking about it? It makes everything that happens to us in this life. I mean, compare that to the weight of eternity, right? Compare that, compare that to the weight of what is to come in the future. Focus on God's kingdom. And maybe right now you're struggling with uh, so many different things that are surrounding you and it's just so annoying and you just really can't seem to, to, to set your gaze. You can't seem to set your focus and your anxious thoughts continue to dominate you. They continue to dominate the way that you're living your life. Focus on God's kingdom. You can't take refuge in the peace of knowing our eternal home is to come if you're too caught up with the things that are happening here on earth. You can't. If you're so focused on what's happening here on earth, you can't take that true refuge. You can't take that true peace of knowing that God has set up a kingdom and it's perfect and it's coming one day. Fix your eyes on the kingdom of God. Which one are you focusing on? We have to actively set our perspective and cast the light of eternity onto every situation that we face, everything. So where does your mind go? When you wake up in the morning, when you're frustrated, when you're happy, where does your mind go? What is your mind dwelling on? What are you thinking about? When you're concerned, when you're angry, when you open up an app and you, you start to read things, how does it make you feel? Where's your mind going, right? Where's your heart? Because a person who's focused on God's kingdom will see the tottering and raging kingdoms of this present day as a mere temporary inconvenience compared to what's coming. There's two kingdoms. There's two realities. Where's your heart? What's your focus on? Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that we are able and that you have prepared a way for us to be with you in heaven. God, thank you for showing us and to revealing us uh, the truth that you have prepared a place for us. God, that you live and, and, and God, you are um, above everything else. You are holy. God, forgive us for when we get so caught up and we get so focused on what seems to be right in front of us. When the nation's raging and society raging, when things are happening, God, forgive us for when that captivates our thoughts so much that we forget about what's to come. God, help us this very week. God, would your Holy Spirit this very week just show us and illuminate our hearts uh, to this truth. God, would we take refuge in your presence knowing that you love us, that you care about us. And when we take hope in knowing that the current struggles that we face with are nothing in comparison to eternity. Help us this week, God. Give us faith. Give us the things we need. We love you. We're so thankful for you. We're so thankful to be here in this community. 
And God, if we need help right now, if we need help from a leader or a friend, would we not be fearful in this moment? Would we just uh, go? Would we engage in this community? Would we jump right in? Give us faith this week. Thanks for the reality of the future we have. It's all this we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.